Welcome to Tea with Culture. I'm Hin Mizena and with me is Wael Hattar. And today's episode is about the exhibitions uh, in Sharjah, organized by the Sharjah Art Foundation. They're all on till mid-Jan. So we recently had a look at these shows and we're going to spend time talking about the different uh, exhibitions we saw. Well, should we start with the Robert Breer exhibition? Because you went to see that. Um, I haven't gone yet, so do you want to give us your thoughts on it? Yes, in general, there are three sections, well, three main sections at the Sharjah Art Foundation where they show work. The first one would be the Flying Saucer, which is a little bit off the heart of Sharjah. And this one is in kind of an old building uh, that used to host a lot of things, including supermarkets and stuff. So it has its own little heritage and quirkiness to go and, and absorb. And, uh, and this current show now is uh, by American artist Robert Breer. It's entitled Time Flies, and it covers his work... Uh, from across all the, the the different times from the 60s till till the current work he's produced now. And what's interesting about this artist is that for him, it's it's always idea of of moving, always idea of of things that are changing and adapting. A lot of his work, as as you could see even in the writing and, and some of his painting works, is uh, is t- taken from uh, Mondrian's experiences of kind of blocks and shapes and and colors and and that and that simplicity is the complexity of his of his work and his idea everything that you see everything has some sort of miniature movement or a feeling of of, of change and it's it's sometimes it's such a small little light shift that you don't really you don't really absorb it until you kind of give it time and it gives it life and that's idea from his work is that it is it is life and then and then having that in mind when you look at his prints or his paintings you start seeing how even though they're not moving of course but the, the, the idea of that flow of, of life flowing through is, is always there even even there is even kind of like a wall that was there that they have hung work on it that is moving so you're sitting there and you're like why is life shifting? So it's quite a dynamic and, and, and even if it's light um, way of looking at, at the art and his work. So I know, were there moments where you're feeling a bit dizzy because you think the room is moving around you? Or like, I mean, was it like a lot of it was like slow movement or did, was there a different kind of speed or... Uh, most of it is, is quite slow. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the people who were with us on the tour said that they felt a little bit kind of bothered by the wall moving or just kind of uneasy. But um, I'm I'm fine with these things. So for me, it wasn't. It was the fascination of of being next to something that's breathing. Mm. So breathing, living art, and that was fantastic. And as someone, and and he also had a lot of video work. And for me, as somebody who's kind of background is video and interactive art, and, and that stuff is just fascinating. So if you do have a chance, some some of the earlier works from the 60s and 70s is wonderful, as well as some of the video works that he's done that is in a separate section inside the area. It's definitely a show um, that is quite unique, uh, especially for us to, to be getting in the Emirates. And Charger Art Foundation has done a very good study of his work and even brought two of the contemporary pieces that are outside. Um, I think they were done for PepsiCo a few years ago, and they're kind of wobbling on, on the outside area where you can sit and just kind of sit with them and, and breathe with the art. I had a chance to look at some of the work that's under the March Project, which um, is an annual uh, exhibition that is a result of a residency at the Sharjah Art Foundation by invited artists by, uh, that the foundation selects. And... Um, and this year, the artists include Noor Abed, Amar Lattar, Vikram Devesha, Reem Falaknaz, and Basim Yusri. Now, I mean, some of these artists are, like, personal friends and, you know, wanted to go and see this work. But, like, eight, I started off struggling to find information because all of these works are dotted around different spaces in the Sharjah Art 
foundation area. So I couldn't find information, like there weren't printed maps and the website didn't have any. And uh, in the end, like after kind of really digging for information, I found out that like two of the works is in the calligraphy square and even that was a bit of an ordeal. So like uh, part of this, I think this issue of trying to, you know, information sharing or communication with these, uh, I, like I found it frustrating. Having said that, you know, I managed to only see Reem's work and uh, Amaral's work, which was in the same area. And, um, and I've been really curious because I know Amaral, Latar has been collecting a lot of uh, cinema-related artifacts, especially from um, cinemas that have been uh, shut down or, uh, you know, too soon to be demolished. And this exhibition focused on the Khorfakan um, cinema, which I believe now Sharjah Art Foundation has taken over as a space, and I don't know if they're going to turn it and bring it back as a cinema or an exhibition space. I mean, the building itself, when you look at pictures, is very modernist architecture, which I think, I'm not sure where it dates back to the 70s or earlier. And um, so, I mean, it's great that there was a cinema in Khorfakan. And um, and yeah, so with that, I think Ammar has collected a lot of materials from it. And I was, and I know something, this is something he's been working on for quite some time based on pictures he'd share on social media. So when I went to the exhibition, like I saw a whole bunch of posters and collected items and boxes and like his name was attached to it. And I just felt, okay, where's, where's the artwork? Where's the artistry from this? And I was a bit disappointed with what I saw. And, and as, as much as I love cinemas and yes, I'll go gaga over old posters and film canisters, but there was nothing that kind of had the, 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 the touch of an artist in this. Um, while on, on, on that note, Basim Yusri's work, which was two of them were there, uh, they were quite standoffish in the color and in the size and in the interaction. And those were, I guess, in comparison, kind of well-formed, well-adapted, locked into their idea of of the, the outside and the inside and, and, and the space and kind of the, the Egyptianness of it all. One of them was literally just kind of showing you the, the outside one asking you, uh, if this is kind of this is AOA taking it seriously while the other one was about telling you not to look and having you look and kind of again the outside inside space so in that terms of, of kind of the March project I think those were quite contained quite interesting and, and quite evolved and, and really set in, in the artist and his work yeah that's right I mean there were like big installations taken over uh, you know outside and you can't miss it and uh, so then a like you're curious you go close to the work find out what it is read about it and yeah and it felt a lot more complete it wasn't just like oh objects put together and then you know for viewers to decipher what that is I mean there is some kind of like yeah you need to decipher some of the materials used but it was built like it felt like a completely built uh, installation um, another piece I saw is uh, by Reem Falaknaz it was a three part video installation and and this work is about the Syrians in Sharjah, where she interviews three people who uh, who have their businesses. I mean, one of them is a 14-year-old uh, who's working at his father's shop, and another man who's got his shop, and a woman who's got a flower shop. And again, they felt more documentary, like little snippets that you could have seen online that I mean, and it's installed like in these kind of hanging floating screens in a room. Um, so so I started thinking about what makes a video piece an art. Like if this, this looks, it looked like a regular kind of documentary short interview with these people. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like an experimental looking film uh, or an art film, if you know, that's another way to call it. So I was just, wondering in my mind as well what 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 then makes this an art piece versus just uh, an ongoing recording of uh, of a documentation of people so again it's something maybe i want to ask green more about because i know she's done 
previously she's done videos where she's following certain people or their uh, and their vocation and their interviews but a lot of them just feel more documentary versus an art film or a moving image experimental film no, I, I, I know you're referring to there was work she also had at Mariah's show which was about uh, an Afghani uh, artist who kind of creates all these kind of metal work and was just documenting hymns and then the comment was documentary versus art but then if people ask what is art but then again Art is a is a is an is an is an idea that's shared while docu- documentary is kind of giving you that feeling. But though with her specifically compared to Am- Am- Ammar, is that her older work uh, when she took all the photographs in those in those areas in the Emirates, there were also documentation. But just is it just because it's not in a film format that you think it's different rather than just photography? I don't know. I think with the moving image and association artist moving image and where it's its space, I mean, this could be something that could be shown as, a sh- as shorts at a film festival. And I do feel there's a movie in Reem, like, you know, eventually will she make a full feature? But I didn't see anything that felt beyond just uh, I interviewed these people and made a little a, a video. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, and she's, you know, she knows how to film and there was good composition. But that, it, it, it didn't have... Uh, what would be defined as an art installation video piece. I think that's how I felt about it. No, that's that's definitely fair enough, Um, especially when you're surrounded by all these kind of great works and great uh, shows that are going on all the time. And and using this as a a segue, there was a lot of Sudan uh, featured in, in this kind of this season of, of the Sharjah Art, Art Foundation work. And we can start off with kind of the, the biggest show that they that they have um, for him, uh, for a solo artist, which was at the Beit al which is already, we know, is, is a large space, a beautiful old space. And the artist, uh, Amir Noor, um, they had showed his work from, uh, from across the years. And this is from um, the 60s on, I think, late 50s even, uh, even uh, across till, till now. And uh, what interested me a lot about this work is that you see his earlier uh, earlier um, uh, pieces of, of sculpture um, and, um, and 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 objects, and, and then he, and then you can kind of understand the uh, the influences that that he's had from uh, the the modern Egyptian um, sculptures of the time. And when I can ask a little bit about his work, because he had moved to the U.S. and then whether. He's an American artist or a Sudanese artist, but he had always referred to himself as a Sudanese artist. And even when he was in the States, it was part of the artists uh, from Africa and then a Sudanese artist. He really pushed that heritage. And when he had moved kind of in the, in the, in the mid-20s, the only reference he was able to get to connect him with Sudan, or at least to that area he was from, was the, uh, the, the, the contemporary, back then, the modern Egyptian artists. So you see a lot of his work kind of really having that feeling, really falling within that category. Um, but what was really interesting is that how that developed across time for him, being a, um, being a sculptor and working with shape and working with the sketches after his shapes. You see them become slowly but maturely contemporary in the way they feel, yet still incorporate his earlier look, his earlier feel, this whole kind of flow, this whole... I want to say earthy, but it, but in a in a kind of a, a cleaned out way, and and in the, in the minimal way, if you look at things, you see that life is still connected. Even when you have small little kind of um, half cylinders on on the floor, and yet it's called sheep herder, or you know things like that, and it's it, it keeps you connected to the land or to the earth or to the world that is his Sudan, but in more and more contemporary and and um, and ways that are broken down. So it's it's breathtaking how that is happening. The only awkward thing there is that he had a 
one of the smaller wings had his drawings, and it was the first time you really see him just drawing houses and 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 meadows and things, but that was when he was in Canada, so I would blame Canada uh, on that aspect. But let's call it his depressive period, because then he went back to his uh, his work of uh, of the abstract uh, shapes and the sculptural uh, minimal development. Maybe he was experimenting. It's all right. <laughs> you know, like he was trying something new and different. Yes, but it was really, really new and different and not at all his work, especially when, like I was saying earlier, his, his, his past work and his, his current work have a beautiful growth to it. And this was just Canadian. All right. I mean, the other Sudanese artist who had uh, her own exhibition, Kamala Ibrahim Ishaq, and the exhibition was titled Women in Crystal Cubes. And this was like a whole series of paintings, so painting on canvases, painting on um, like tablot, and uh, and a lot of it just had this very kind of dark, like almost voodoo element. And I think uh, the description from one of the Sharjah Art Foundation uh, uh, staff was it's um, like her work is about the czar, the, the uh, I don't know how you say it in, in English, like um, exorcism, um, and um, and yeah, so it's really dark and kind of lots of distorted faces. And then even um, if it's like in a forest and there's are trees, but in the trees suddenly you start noticing eyes and feet. So it was really kind of dark and evil. And afterwards, like I want to move away from this room because it's like really bad spirits or this. I don't know. Like I don't know what there was. It just felt like there's a lot of dark energy, or maybe her trying to get rid of dark energy from herself and putting it on in paintings. I mean, I could be completely misinterpreting her work. No, I mean it's fair. I mean a lot. I know a lot of people before, and even now, when I was when my mom mentioned when she comes seeing some of the art collection, I have like, oh, I have to bakhir just to make sure it's fair. I'm like, but it's it's art. It has nothing to do with things left behind. But I can understand from her work and from I guess from those times she needed the exorcism of of whatever emotions she had. She laid them out on on the work, so it could be part of that. Because in the end, the work that you do, you leave a bit of your spirit behind in it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was quite a, it's a big space and it was a lot of work. And some of them were like really large paintings. And there was a whole kind of the women in cubes. So it's almost like trapped uh, souls or trapped uh, figures in these glass shapes. So, uh, and again, what, you know, is it like her being trapped or women and, you know, women in the Arab world? Like, I mean, I know there's a lot of ways you can read this work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, A, like it was a good discovery. I, I didn't know about this artist and it was interesting kind of seeing her work. And I think she was one of kind of pioneering and leading female artists in Sudan. So, again, always a good story to know about kind of successful female artists from the Arab world. Uh, successful? Well, successful enough to have a show at Sharjah Art Foundation, and I'm sure she's had work elsewhere. You no, don't but think at, but at the time, I mean, we saw a lot when we go, and we now talk about the Khartoum school, um, a lot of them they said that they had kind of shown, but then they kind of disappeared from the artscape. So was she the ones who disappeared, or was she continuing? Do you know, do you know any, 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 anything about that? No, I didn't have a chance to read much into it, but there were, like, there was a table of kind of, um, you know, articles, and so she was written about, and I'm sure she was acknowledged and celebrated. How long that lasted, I, I don't know. Um, but to me, like, it's a good introduction, and I hope more school children are taken to these exhibitions because we really do lack a proper kind of education and knowledge of art made in the Arab world, um, you know, in the 20th century or, you know, like, work from the 40s and 50s and beyond. And I, I don't think there's enough. And I'm upset, like, there's no catalog for this exhibition because this would be really important thing to have. And I'm hoping something comes up or then I need to start looking for material about these artists.
And about the Khartoum School one, uh, this is basically a three-sectioned uh, show at the, the Sharjah Art Foundation where you have the uh, kind of the older work from, from Sudan uh, in, in paintings and art, but then you also have a ceramic section. And finally, you have the contemporary uh, Sudanese artists and, and, and their work. And But funny enough, uh, like we mentioned, a lot of the artists in the older section of it um, we mentioned that had, they had disappeared. They haven't stopped working, but they were just never discovered in the, in the larger space of the world. And, and, the, and the, the heavy research that, that was done, and I really emphasize on heavy research that was done for, for this show, is because you see it and you walk into, it's like walking into somebody's dissertation about Sudanese art. And the kind of the, the large collection of the different artists, they really do take the time to re, reintroduce to you all these artists. And it's happening a lot across the Arab world now with all these artists from the 50s and 40s and 60s uh, and beyond kind of coming out. But it's a very good kind of overall study where some of them are a little bit more established and some of them are hidden gems. Uh, but most of it is, is really that gap between the old and the new. Yeah, I mean, really dance exhibition, uh, very well curated, um, lots of research, obviously, that went into it. And it's work that's covering, like, it starts from 1945 to the present. And, yes, it has established names like Ibrahim al-Salahi, and, you know, you've seen, like, his work is at the Tate, um, you know, I've seen it at the Tate Modern, for instance. And, yeah, I mean, there's paintings, there's sculpture, there's photography, there's video, uh, there's installation, like, there's even, like, kind of work on fabric and collage. So it's a really great range of work in different mediums. And, again, it was a total kind of eye-opener for me and I think for a lot of us like wow I didn't know about this I didn't know about this history of art uh, making in Sudan and uh, why don't we know it and I'm glad we we know it now and yeah it's, it's something that needs like I had I went around twice to see the work because there's so much to see and my, my only regret is that there's no catalog because I would love to have all this information with me to refer to during research during you know kind of ongoing you know further discussions about this but yeah definitely worth a visit there's a lot like I said there's a lot to see and a lot to kind of think about there's a lot to take from it and hats off for Sharjah Art Foundation for you know, I'm sure this. Yeah, this took definitely like a couple of years or more to put together. Worth a visit. Make sure you go there and spend time because it really will be uh, a worthwhile experience. And one thing that's actually completely different to the to the art that we've been talking about is Yo Kusama's work. Kusama has a show also at the Sharjah Art Foundation area, and it covers her work, her, her dark obsession from early on till now. I didn't even actually know that she was. Uh, um, in an insane asylum, kind of really working on her problem, which is seeing dots everywhere, and you kind of see th- you see that develop in her earlier prints, where the dots were hidden in visuals until later on. I guess she kind of accepted it and tried to work through it by making dots everywhere. And the two or three installations that you have, where you can either look at it or be inside it, or even stick the stick the dots there. It's 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 a way of of showing you how her world is, and her world is heartbreakingly scarily but also heartbreakingly beautiful at the same time yeah i mean kusama's work yeah um like this one's it's called dot obsessions and it actually showed work i've not seen before like the collage series which i thought looked really beautiful and um and and poetic and um like it's from the late 70s and 80s i think and uh, so yeah we see this whole dot obsession uh, from her earlier years and then the big kind of fun looking installation the big kind of circular giant balloons uh, red and white with red with white dots and one where you can actually go inside and it's this kind of um, it's almost like another version of the Infinity Room where you can go in, um, and yeah, the, and then 
Charge, I think, created a separate room, kind of their version of the obliteration room, where you're given dots and you stick them everywhere. So that looked quite manic and frantic, but it's fun, and I think it's really popular with kids. I know you keep saying fun, but but uh, from her point of view, this is her trying to work through her her disease, her her medical profession. So when when you know a little bit about the background, it, it, it's 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 sad, but again, it's a beautiful way of, of expressing the sadness. I know it's it, it is a weird one because it comes from a dark space from the artist, but the way it's presented, yes. and especially art, people who don't know enough about her, and and this is one of those exhibitions which I feel has been Instagrammed a lot, and that is. Like, her exhibition was the one where I saw lots of visitors compared to the Khartoum School and the other exhibitions we talked about where there were hardly any people when I was there. Whereas the Kusama, I went to that space several times, and each time there were people and kids. And it's one of those which also made me think about art in the UAE. You know, if it's Instagrammable, people know about it and people go and see it. And, and Kusama's work is definitely Instagrammable, especially kind of the installation and the walk-in space. Um, so, yeah, go check it out, but do bear in mind, it's not fun. It really it comes from a dark space, and just the way I think it's exhibited it has a kind of bright fun element to it but there's a lot more and i think it's important to know that and um in overall the the, the all the work at the charge art foundation at uh, and beta circle and even the museum next door as well as the flying saucer are uh, are on until the 9th or the 12th of january so double check before you go down and make sure you either come in two trips or give it enough time to really see the wealth that is there for this presentation and um, thank you very much for listening we'll talk to you soon